Hello everybody, you're listening to the 10th inning here with your host Nick O'Dwyer. In today's episode, I have three topics of discussion for you. Two of them are within the NFL, then one of them we're going to be talking about the Nationals finally making the World Series in their franchise. So, let's start off with the Nationals. The Nationals were playing the Cardinals in the National League Championship Series. Nationals fought through all the odds this whole postseason. They beat the Brewers in the wildcard game. They beat the Dodgers in the NLDS in a five-game classic. Now, they go on to sweep the St. Louis Cardinals to go into the first World Series in their franchise history. Now, we look at what the Cardinals did this series, and it really was not impressive whatsoever. The Cardinals did not do well. Let's just get that out there right to begin with. The Cardinals looked bad all around. They had good pitching. That was the one thing the Cardinals had going for them. Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright did not look bad. But they couldn't get anything going offensively. Their best hitters from the division series, Paul Goldschmidt, Marcelo Zuna, they were almost non-existent. The only player who was actually able to do something in the whole game was Jose Martinez. And even then, when you put Martinez into the game offensively, the National League doesn't have a DH. So you know that you're going to be at a disadvantage because he's not a good defender. But they needed some offense. They needed some offense in the last two games. I mean, they really needed it all series. But the last two games, they decided to start Martinez because they knew they needed something. Still, it wasn't enough. The Cardinals lineup could not match what the Nationals did. Again, the Cardinals pitchers did not pitch bad. But the Nationals had everything working. Dating back to the regular season, the Nationals have won 16 of their past 18 games. They're hot at the right time. And again, it's not always the best teams that make the World Series, make it far in the playoffs, no matter what sport. It's the hottest teams. Now, the Nationals may be the best team. I don't know. Making the World Series says they're the best team, but there's no doubt that they are the hottest team. They won their last eight regular season games, won the wild card game, they lost two to the Dodgers, and they swept the Cardinals. So 16 out of 18 of their last games they've won. They're hot at the right times. This is because of their pitching. In this series alone, Annabelle Sanchez, great start to game one. The Nationals won the game 2-0. Sanchez had a no-hitter going into the seventh inning. He looked Great. Then go to game two. We have Max Scherzer on the mound. We all know Max Scherzer is going to put a great game out there for you. He had a no-hitter going into the sixth inning. Now this brings us back to the time when Scherzer and Sanchez were teammates in Detroit. They did the same exact thing in the playoffs. They had no-hitters going into the sixth inning in Detroit. And this was the same exact thing, just for a different team. Now again, the Cardinals hitters looked terrible. Colton Wong couldn't do anything. Paul DeYoung finally started to do something in the last two games, but it was too little too late. Yadier Molina never really been known as a great hitter. Defender first, but he really couldn't do anything. Martinez was the only one who seemed like he could do something. He was actually the only one with an RBI 
in the first two games, and he wasn't even a starter. The Cardinals went through the first two games without even having an RBI from one of their starting position players. What? Like, that's crazy. That just shows the Nationals pitchers came to play, they showed out, and they for sure did. Steven Strasburg, Game 3, looked really good. Steven Strasburg, this whole postseason right now, has looked the best out of any pitcher they have. Now, I know Matt Scherzer has looked good, but Steven Strasburg, man, if they win the World Series, it'll be on his back. Now, he was the highly touted number one pick back in the day, and we all remember his first season in the MLB. He had to get, they were taking precautions with him because they didn't want him to blow out his arm. And that was also the same when he got Tommy John surgery. They came back, had a pitch limit, had a inning limit on him, so he got shut down for the playoffs. But man, Strasburg is back. Strasburg looked great this series. I have no doubt he'll look good in the World Series. But the World Series will be a little different. Because you're going you're not going against the Cardinals, who, to be fair to the Cardinals, they're not a good hitting team. They have pitchers, but they didn't have anyone at the plate who could really match the strength of the Nationals lineup. The American League does. The American League either has the Yankees or the Astros that you'll be facing. In New York, you'll have D.D. Gregorius, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Hicks is back, Gary Sanchez. You have so many players in New York. And then it goes the same thing for Houston. You have Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Carlos Correa, Yuli Gurriel, George Springer. Like, both of those lineups in the American League are so deadly that it will be tough for the Nationals to hold their own. But we cannot discount the Nationals for what they've been doing. They've defied all odds so far this postseason Making it past the wild card game, which they were supposed to win. Making it past the Dodgers, which not many people saw happening. Then making it past the Cardinals in four games to go to the World Series. Now one big thing about the Nationals winning in four games is they get a break. They get to have a break, finally. Because if the ALCS between the Astros and the Yankees goes as we all think it's going to go, it'll last for probably about six or seven games because those are the two best teams in the American League. They're fighting it out right now. So far, Houston is up 2-1 on the Yankees. So it's giving Washington a break. This means that their starting rotation of Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, and Sanchez, they'll all be fresh. That's the big key for them right now. They'll be fresh. And then... Going on top of that, this series for the Nationals proved that their lineup can help the pitchers out. Anthony Rendon, great series once again. I mean, potential MVP candidate. He's done everything you need him to do this year. Howie Kendrick, series MVP. Now, in reality, the pit, the whole starting pitching staff was the series MVP, but you can't give it to a whole pitching staff. So, Howie Kendrick... Series MVP, Michael A. Taylor, Jan Gomes from the 8th spot, filling in. They played really well. The 8th spot, the seven, six, seven, eight hitters for the Nationals played a lot better than anyone expected them to 
this series. That's part of the reason why they're up there. We all know what Trey Turner, Anthony Rendon, Adam Eaton, Ryan Zimmerman can do at the top of the lineup. But that's those six, seven, eight hitters, they're part of the reason why the Nationals are in the World Series right now. So, Nationals moved to Washington, D.C. in 2005, formerly the Montreal Expos. They're going to the World Series for the first time in their franchise history. And one funny part to me that I always just laugh at is they did this without Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, over the offseason, was thought of to be one of the best free agents out there. He got his $300 million contract. And he went to the Philadelphia Phillies and they underwhelmed this year. They did not do what they were supposed to do. They underwhelmed. They didn't make the playoffs. But when this happened, everyone kind of counted out the Nationals. They thought, okay, they may be a playoff team, but they're not going to be good enough to go to the World Series. Well, they've proved everyone wrong right now. They're going to the World Series. They will match up against either the Houston Astros or the New York Yankees when the fall classic starts. So, the Nationals, great run to the World Series. Let's see if they can win four more games to keep it going, or will this little break cut a little bit into their momentum? We'll find out. Now we go in to the NFL. We have two big trades yesterday that went down. First, the LA Rams and the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens trade linebacker Kenny Young and a fifth-round pick for cornerback Marcus Peters. Then, about 20 minutes later, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars trading cornerback Jalen Ramsey to the Los Angeles Rams for two first-round picks, 2020-2021, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. So, I'm going to give you my thoughts on both of these trades and who I think was the real winner in both of these trades. First, let's start off with the Ravens and the Rams trade for Marcus Peters. I honestly think that both of these teams won this trade, mainly because Marcus Peters is not the same player he was a couple years ago. I, I mean, I know he's only 26 and and he's had a problem fitting in to the Rams system because they play a lot of man defense well it really could change in Baltimore because the main thing about him being in Baltimore is he doesn't have to worry about being the number one cornerback he doesn't have to worry about covering the number one receivers the Ravens have Marlon Humphrey they also have Jimmy Smith which I don't believe Jimmy Smith is a number one corner or even a number two corner but he doesn't have to worry about covering the number one because if the Ravens play Marcus Peters over Marlon Humphrey, as in the fact that Peters is covering the number one, not Humphrey, that could be a problem. But I have no doubt in my mind that Marlon Humphrey will continue to cover the number one receiver, so that will not be a problem for for the Ravens whatsoever. Now, one thing about Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters... Not really a bad season according to PFF, but pro football focus doesn't always take into account what the eye test does. The eye test, I think if you know what you're looking at, is still the most important thing you can do. You can use all these analytics, all of that, which yes, they are important. I'm not saying they're not important, but you can look at all of that. But if you still see something with your eye, 
that pro football focus doesn't mention, you'll you'll lose. One thing PFF says is Marcus Peters still a very good cornerback. But one thing about Marcus Peters, when we look at him, he takes a lot of chances. He tries to bite on the ball, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the Ravens had one of the greatest ever to do it in that situation in safety Ed Reed. Ed Reed always tried to make a play the best that he ever could. And by that, he would take chances. He would fail at those chances sometimes. But early on in his career, because later in his career, he would give up a lot more chances than he made. But early in his career, those chances usually paid off for him. Peters is still a young guy. This could work out for Peters. I liked this move by the Baltimore Ravens because Peters, I think, will fit into this system very well. Now, the Ravens at the secondary level haven't been great this season, and they needed someone to come in. So, I think Marcus Peters is a really good fit, and this is because of the people around him. If he's the number two corner, outside corner, he'll have Earl Thomas's help. So, he can try to bite on more balls if you put Earl Thomas deep. I like this combination that the Ravens made. And getting rid of Kenny Young, Kenny Young, young, young linebacker, has talent, definitely can be a force in this league, but he kind of fell out of the Ravens' plans. For the past two weeks, for the past three weeks, he hasn't played at all. Two, two of those weeks, he was a healthy scratch, which kind of says, okay, yeah, you're not really in our plans anymore. So, I think it's a good move for both teams because the Rams have a young linebacker who will bring energy, can play really well. I just think he needed a new start. He needs a new start. He got beat a little too often in Baltimore, but that may have also been because of the game plan. One thing that at least we as fans see when we look at players is... You look at someone who plays the position as one of the greatest ever to do it, and you automatically expect them to be the same thing. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that this is what we saw with Kenny Young, but the Ravens have one of the greatest linebackers ever to do it in Ray Lewis. You're coming off losing CJ Mosley, another very good linebacker. So you're kind of expecting them to be like this because, oh, the Ravens draft great linebackers. No, that's not how it works. Ray Lewis was one of a kind. C.J. Mosley, very good linebacker, but took some time to get there. You can't always expect these players to get where they're going to be immediately. Kenny Young will be a good addition to the Los Angeles Rams, who wanted to get younger, wanted to save some salary cap, because Marcus Peters, free agent at the end of the season. So even if the Ravens don't re-sign him, they'll get a conditional draft pick for him. So... That's why it's a win for the Ravens for me because if they do re-sign him, that means he's playing well, well enough to get a contract extension. If he's not, okay, they get a draft pick. For the Rams, they got rid of him because they knew they weren't going to re-sign him. They got younger. They got Kenny Young, who was under team control for a while because you have so much money locked up in Todd Gurley, Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, you need young players that you can keep around for a while. And that's exactly what they did right there. So, I really like this trade by both teams. I think Marcus Peters will be a good fit in Baltimore. I think Kenny Young will be a good fit in LA. But for him, it's a little more wishy-washy because we don't know if he's going to start immediately. With Marcus Peters, we can almost bet 
that, okay, maybe he might not start this week, but he'll start in the next game. Kenny Young, we don't know about that. So it'll be interesting to see with him. I think the Rams made a good move here. Now let's move on to the second trade of the day. Jalen Ramsey to the Los Angeles Rams. Three draft pick. I think the Rams got a little fleeced right here, honestly. I know Jalen Ramsey, great player, all of that. But you traded so much collateral to get Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, again, great cornerback. But you can't really sit here and say he doesn't have an attitude problem. He obviously has an attitude problem. Not nearly as bad as Antonio Brown or any of those players. But he made it clear he did not want to play for the Jaguars. That tells me that you have an attitude problem. I don't care what the team does around you. You have to show them that you want to be there as much as you possibly can until it's time to go. Now, the Rams will have him for one more season. He's a free agent in 2021. But again, I don't know really how much this helps. Because Jalen Ramsey, he's a good man-to-man corner. Very good man-to-man corner. But also like Marcus Peters, he takes his chances. He doesn't get burned nearly as many times as Marcus Peters, but he takes his chances. And I don't know how that will work in the LA Rams portfolio. But then when you look at what the Jaguars got, the Jaguars got two first-round picks, a 2020 and a 2021 first-round pick. And their 2021 fourth round pick. Now I could be very wrong here. Saying that the Rams got fleeced. Because this could be a very good move for both teams. But it also could be bad for the Jaguars. Bad for the Rams. It could be bad for both teams. That's the thing. We don't know about draft picks. Just by hearing draft picks. You think it's great. But if one of those players. Or both of those players in the first round you pick. Don't turn out to be studs then you just wasted it. Now, I know they got something in return because after 2021, they weren't going to sign Jalen, re-sign Jalen Ramsey. So obviously, they got something in return. So that's good. But if these players don't turn out to be what they want them to be, they, they kind of just wasted him. Yeah, they got players back. But does it really matter at that point? So we have to wait and see what this trade means for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the Jaguars will pitch some good players and it'll make them say, okay, we won this trade. We got a good trade. But for the LA Rams, they traded so much just to have maybe even a two-year rental because who knows if he's even going to resign. Who knows if they'll have the cap space to resign Jalen Ramsey after this. We really don't know. They put so much money in Aaron Donald, Jared Goff, and Todd Gurley. We really cannot say whether they'll have enough money to re-sign Jalen Ramsey. Or even if Jalen Ramsey will want to re-sign with the Los Angeles Rams. Again, Jalen Ramsey, great cornerback. One of the best in the league since he's been here. But we really don't know how the Rams are going to be affected. The Rams haven't had a great season up to this point so far. 3-3, and not bad. But for someone who was, for a team who was just in the Super Bowl last season, they've fallen off. They've fallen off a lot. So we really don't know what to do. 
Jalen Ramsey, obviously a top five draft pick type of player. So trading two first round picks for that doesn't really seem so bad. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, it could be really bad. Trading for one cornerback doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make the playoffs this year. And if the Rams don't make the playoffs this season, trading for Ramsey really was not worth it. That's where I'm looking right now because we see the Seahawks. We see the 49ers. Those two teams look great. Yes, it's possible that two wildcard teams come out of the NFC West, but I really just don't see it right now. And again, if they don't make the playoffs, it was such a bad trade for the Los Angeles Rams. And we'll have to wait and see for the Jacksonville Jaguars. As of right now, in my opinion, the Jaguars won this trade because of the draft picks and the situation they currently sit in right now. If the Rams were 5-1, and one, I would say that both teams won this trade. But with the Rams currently sitting at 3-3, three and three, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars won this trade because of the draft picks and because they're not expecting to make the playoffs anyway. So why not trade off one of your best players for draft picks? Again, we'll have to wait and see how these draft picks turn out. But right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars won this trade with the Los Angeles Rams. And for the Marcus Peters-Baltimore Ravens trade, both teams won that trade, in my opinion. For Nick Dwyer, for the 10th inning, see you in the next video.